Welcome to tonight's episode of the Remso Martinez Experience. Before we get started, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to some of this episode's sponsors. From self-publishing to podcasting and passive income development, I offer ongoing self-development courses at Champion Pundit Academy, as well as one-on-one private consultations to take you from zero to hero in no time. Learn more at championpunditacademy.com. That's championpunditacademy.com. You want to know what you need more of in your life? Politics. Yeah, nobody ever said that. But if you've got to go ahead and spend money on one nonfiction book, it's got to be the ultimate clash of wisdom, awesomeness, and then obviously the politics. But why not a little bit of comedy? Why not a little bit of a memoir? Why not something that's going to make you say, hey, I actually enjoyed reading this. I laughed. I learned something in the process. Check out my book. It's an Amazon bestseller. You may have heard of it. It's Stay Away from the Libertarians. It talks about... All the things you think you might know about libertarians, plus a lot of things that I bet dollars to donuts you don't know about. You can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble online. So go on right now. You can get it in print or ebook or Kindle or whatever you call it. Just go out and get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble online today. It's Stay Away from the Libertarians by Remso W. Martinez. Happens to be me. Ladies and gentlemen, I might be extremely nauseated and dizzy from donating a ton of blood earlier today, but the show must go must go on. This is the Remso Martinez experience. Folks, welcome back to another episode. I know we're coming two episodes this week. I Hey, what, what, what am I thinking? I'm not. I go where the conversations are. And as always, you can go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor.fm. And if you don't want to hear me, read the whole list. Hey, I'll make it easy for you. Go to rwmartinez.com forward slash podcast and go on your podcaster of choice. As always, do me a quick favor. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Remso4VA. That's R-E-M-S-O-F-O-R-V-A. Follow me, and I'll follow you back indiscriminately, and we can keep this conversation going on after the show. So as many of you who keep track, the the handful of you that do, you, you know that I've really tried my best to stay away from the news and uh, politics in general. I, I got to say, like, my blood pressure is down going to the gym more often i'm generally happier as a person but sometimes some, sometimes the world just don't make any dang good sense and what recently happened last week in alabama i, I just figured out was actually a thing and i'm kind of covering it after the facts but you know this way everyone can put their pitchforks down and then go ahead and jump over to the next thing which is war if iran which we may or may not talk about tonight i don't know if i care i like here's the thing folks you, you do what i do long enough and you start to realize that everything that's a headline becomes a fad and uh i, I don't like i don't like chasing headlines so to speak but when it comes to this alabama heartbeat bill issue which has now been signed into law by the governor um 
it's one of those existential topics that is timeless and we'll be able to talk about for a while because what we're doing is we're talking about the issue of life. The last time I ever spoke about abortion was in, I think it was August of 2016. And I I got my first uh, hate mail. I lost a ton of listeners, but I don't really care because just like everything else, things kind of bounced back and equaled out. I mean, there are just so many things you'd be angry about all the time. If that was the one issue that, for some of you who may have listened back then, that made you kind of run away from the show. Like, I think I think that says more about you than it does about me. And, and the thing is, when it comes to the abortion issue, like, I, I've, I, I've been at it from every side at one point in my life. When, you know, when I first started learning about it, I was pretty pro-choice. Um... I, you know, and for the record, I was not very religious back then. I mean, I called myself a Christian, but I was very much an atheist in my in my thoughts and my actions and everything else. And I just thought, you know, that's it. Like, let, let women do what they want. Uh, it wasn't even my religious conversion in 2013 that really kind of made me pro-life. That I actually don't think I became pro-life until 2015. But even then, it wasn't even coming from a religious, philosophical, theological argument. It was coming from just the science, just the facts of it. You know, somebody was like, well, when does life begin? And I'm like, well, I think it starts at conception. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because it's called conception. And when it comes to this, like, I, I feel like this is one of those things that maybe I don't know much about it. Or maybe I, you know, maybe, maybe I'm one of those right wing zealots, especially amongst the libertarian world, where it's just like, this just makes sense. It's like, don't kill people. And they're like, well, it's different with children. I'm like, what? Because they, they can't fight back. Like, folks, you're talking to the person that said that out of the womb, every child should have a Glock 19. But, you know, I I digress to talk a little sense to me. Kind of tell me what's actually going on is someone a little bit smarter. We have Daily Wire contributor Jeremy Frankel on the program tonight. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the compliments of uh, being smart. I wouldn't uh, I don't know if I would put it that way myself, but uh, I appreciate it. Well, here's all I know, man. Apparently, you can't kill children in Alabama anymore. That's that's that, like that's like as dumbed down as I can address it. I know how horrible. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be much better if, like, just you know, just let the baby be comfortable? In the Ralph Northam words of, just let the baby be comfortable and just let it dis- let the parents decide to kill it or not. Yeah, like it. I I, I feel like everyone kind of comes into this whole conversation already picking a side. But like, here's what ultimately changed my mind. And when I when I say pro-life, I mean, I I try and practice a consistent pro-life ethic like for and, you know, we might disagree on this. But, for example, I don't believe in the death penalty because I I just don't. And that's a whole different thing. But when it comes to the abortion issue, like it wasn't until very, you know, later in my young adulthood where I was like consistently pro-life because I used to go with the whole Rick Perry school of thought. What President Trump said recently, which I I think is flawed, but I I get where he's coming from. It was, well, you know, I'm pro-life, but what about the rape exception? And my, my, you know, I used to think that way. And even now it's like, well, wait a second. If you believe in the rape exception, then that means that people conceived of rape are like second-class humans. Exactly. The last time we spoke about second-class humans in the United States, we were dealing with slavery and the Dred Scott decision. And I know people that are alive now because their mothers chose not to abort them, and they went on. They lived fulfilling lives with their own families. 
they're, you know, they're productive people who are doing amazing things because life is life, you know, and, you know, I, I've never spoken about this before, but I feel obligated to, um, you know, and I, I'm not ashamed to talk about it, but my my grandmother as a teenager was assaulted and she ended up having to face a choice. Do I terminate this pregnancy or do I carry her until she's born and put her into the arms of a willing and loving family? Now, don't get me wrong. We didn't even know that this individual existed for many years after my grandmother had died. But, you know, while she might not necessarily be a, you know, a Thanksgiving traveling member of my family, I I still love the humanity of it because she has her own children. And she has her own life. And she is no less a human being than anyone else. Yes, you know, she came into this world under flawed circumstances, but I mean, no no one comes in perfect. And she shouldn't have paid for the price of what the man who assaulted my grandmother did. So that was, you know, when I when I really learned that story, that's what truly changed my opinion about about this whole thing like you know I, i'd like to think that even though abortion isn't a topic that i really like to talk about because i i just think it's kind of a smokescreen issue for a bunch of other things like when, when i say i'm pro-life like i i i really do like there there's no exception to life you're either living or you're not so why are people getting so pissed about this i think what people are really getting pissed off about is that People like the idea that they don't have to be responsible for their actions. The entire idea of the sexual revolution is literally just to be as free as you want, do whatever you want, and if somehow either you get pregnant or you get someone else pregnant, don't worry, just go to the doctor, snuff it out like it's a like it's polyps, and be on your merry way. And what people either don't understand or understand and don't care or are in denial, um, take from that what you will. It's not that simple. That's an, an actual life that you're doing that to and just treating it like it's like just some tumor or like popping a pimple is, is it's not just inhumane. It's just it, – it's despicable. I mean, the thing about this is like you don't you you don't have to be a religious person like you're you are Jewish. I'm Mm -hmm. Christian. You don't have to be Jewish or Christian to know that, you know, life is life. Like what? What? I'm sorry, folks, if I'm the one that has to tell you this. But as Michael Bolton once said, as a man with a man loves a woman like things like sex creates people. Yeah. And that's like I I feel like I'm talking to children when it comes to this, but sex creates people and like, you know, this is the more libertarian side of me coming out like I like I'm for contraceptives. I'm for the pill. I'm for plan B. Like there are so many ways to avoid that. And, you know, when, when it comes to the rape exception, because I think this is where Republicans like I think it was Pat Robertson on TV the other day. The, the one person I would not expect to come out against this bill. He was like, this is too extreme. It's like, listen, there, a lot of steps have to go in before you choose to get an abortion. Like we try and make it sound like it's so it's so simple, but it's not. You talk to any ER doctor. If you are a woman who's been raped you get an insulin shot 
within like a first couple hours, like you're, you're good. You don't have to worry about that. It, nothing has happened where life is beginning to form. Like there, there are so many ways like I, I got and take, take this as you will. Like I supported that one college in New York City that said they were going to have plan B in a vending machine. Like if that's what you have to do, then fine. I think it's kind of ridiculous, but it's different than saying, OK, after weeks and months and you're getting close to your final trimester. Oh, shit. The kid is out. Let's just kill the kid. Let's make him comfortable and let's have a conversation between the doctor and the mother. It's like I, I, I don't know if this says less about us or more about the people that oppose this type of thing. But like I, I don't know where where we are as a country. And this isn't necessarily and I'm sorry that my dog is barking at the moment. No, it's all good. What, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? You want to go upstairs? Don't yell back at me. I'm sorry, Jeremy, one more. Like at the end of the day, is this issue just about abortion? Is it just about reproductive rights or does it say something bigger about us as people? I think it shows a real split in what we believe as people and what our values are. I mean, obviously, life as as a subject in itself, there's nothing more sacred than life. I mean, we, obviously, we were built on a country that's um, – where we have the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And if you think that it's okay to just snuff out a life just because of some kind of a idea of a choice, whatever that means, you don't understand what we are. You don't understand God-given natural rights. You don't understand natural law. It, it, it's, it's hedonistic at best. It's actually like it, – it's and it's – at worst, I mean, I can't even think of a term to describe it. I think it's honestly heinous. And even in the case of rape or incest, I know Pat Robertson said what he said. And I think he was talking more tactically than what he actually believes, like, in the end game. But I am not for the rape or incest exception. It's a, if it's a life, it's a life. You don't get to kill it just because of that. I'm sorry. You just don't. You do your best to... Uh, the, per- the the woman who was raped, you do your best to care for her and just help her through everything. If she wants to give the baby up for adoption, great. If she wants to raise it, help. And here's where you and I might differ because I am a big proponent of the death penalty and I'm a, pro- a big proponent of justice in that sense. Uh, take the rapist and, you know, do whatever you want. Yeah, I- I'm pretty down with that in that case. Like may, maybe I'm a hypocrite. I, be, I do believe in exceptions for a lot of things. Like somebody asked me, well, did you did you support the assassination of Osama bin Laden? And my thing is like, well, we didn't go there actually just to kill bin Laden. Like we wanted to take him back and interrogate him. Like we shot bin Laden because he was about to shoot one of his wives as a shield. And then he was about to shoot an American Navy SEAL. Right. If you're about to do that. You know, good riddance. He got shot in the face. And now he's shark food. Right, but, exactly. you know, this this whole thing is it, it's 2019. I, I thought this whole issue would be dead by now. I thought it would be a lot like the uh, the gay marriage issue, which basically died in 2015. But sadly, this is something that, you know, I'm forced to address because this this is like 
It's so funny. There are memes online that say, oh, liberals, we want we want full government control of health care. Now you have the government basically saying, oh, no more abortions in Alabama. Like this, this is the world we live in. But, you know, I I, dumbest comparison I have ever heard. It it is. It's not it's not that smart, but a lot of people aren't that smart either. And I'm going to get shit for that comment later. But let's just like we're not dealing with the most intelligent people. They think that you can kill a child after it's been born. We went from, you know, abortion to partial birth birth abortion. Now we're talking about straight up infanticide. So we're not dealing with the smartest people. But, you know, the the one thing that I I have heard from a lot of conservative commentators is, I mean, it's a lot of like I'm just getting tired of hearing a lot of the same shit. It's the secular liberals. It's all these Ivy League feminists and all these SJWs like, yeah, like they they suck. Like, yeah, they're they're pushing this. It's obviously evil. But like, I want to blame someone else. I I, like I I, 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 fuck it. I think. American religious institutions have failed in their job. And I, I'm, I'm primarily focusing on Christianity because we're a predominantly Christian nation. And, you know, I, I can't I can't give any slack to myself. Like I'm a United Methodist for anyone that pays a little bit of attention into what goes on in the Protestant denominations. The United Methodists don't have the best track record when it comes to stuff recently. Right. We, we have a lot of de- we have we have certain denominations in Judaism also were very similar. Yeah. But, track yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, th- this used to be a thing where it just made sense, where even if you weren't a member of a church, you still had some God given beliefs. You still have fear of God. You still have a sense of morality. And, and we've just surrendered that and call it cultural Marxism, call it postmodernism. We're, we're at a point where. You're going to have President Trump, who, love him or hate him, tweeted out what he did, yet you're still going to have Jerry Falwell, the president of my alma mater, Liberty University, tell people that he's the pro-life candidate in 2020 again. Now, is he pro-life compared to, let's say, everyone running for the Democratic nomination? Sure. But we, we've created this this awkward marriage between conservatism and religion and trying to find the, the best way to keep other people out. Like, I, I'm afraid that this is setting a standard where it's like you, you can't you can't be on this side of the issue and have a firm stance. You have to constantly concede. It seems like, you know, Christians, conservatives, I'll throw Jews in there because why the hell not? Like everyone is willing to concede to people that never concede an ounce. And we've seen what they want to do. They're, they're for infant side at this point. Oh, I'm 100 percent with you. I, I mean, my own personal person, my own personality. Never, my, never back down ever. Never give them an inch because they will take a mile. Never concede anything. I don't know where this rape or incest exception red herring even came from. Considering it's such a small percentage, I think it's under 1% of, of abortions, where it came from. And when they throw that red herring out there, people just will just jump at it. And like what I would say is, OK, let's put that aside. What about the other 99% of cases? Are you still for infanticide or not? Oh, you're a racist, and that's the only thing they can think of, or whatever. Because these people, they have no, they have nothing. They don't believe in anything. They believe in what's convenient. They emote. 
we actually have principles, and so and I wish that we. I wish that we as a movement acted on them more, but we have principles that we believe in natural law. We believe in the human being. We believe in the God, that we're made in the image of God. And you don't even have to be religious to believe that. Exactly. And I mean, it's it's like what I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Like I did not come to my pro-life stance through religion. I feel like I went, you know, kind of ass backwards to a large degree. <laughs> And, I've always, yeah. always been pro-life, and I wasn't even always religious. Oh, wow. So so you get it. Like, you, you definitely understand this. And my thing is, like, with, with what Pat Robertson said, saying, oh, it was a bad tactical issue to what the president said, like, I, I think the biggest thing I have been trying to show people in my own life is that, you know, I – I had a career change. I had some life changes. Like I'm trying to really separate my own life from the political media world that I was in as a consultant, as a journalist. Like I've tried really hard to separate it. And I don't know if I'm becoming more conservative as I get older. I certainly would not call myself a conservative. But it's coming down to this, especially when it comes to worldviews. And, I, you know, we're such a – we're, we're such an illiterate nation when it comes to so many things. That's why I'm not really surprised that we have stupid memes like the "Oh, we, let's run healthcare" and "Oh, look, Alabama just took over healthcare." Like, there's a reason why that stuff tends to proliferate. But you know, whether it's a, what, I, 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 you know, I'm going back to blaming the churches again. Like, th- there needs to be a divorce between religion and politics because when your politics start to become your religion that's where you get issues like this and we're going to see it you know the closer we get to election day I, I remember at liberty someone said if you don't want the rapture to happen in 2017 vote for donald trump and i was like wow that's like the most retarded thing i've ever heard that is ridiculous it, it got it got insane in the membrane like totally screwed up in the brain but you know c- coming from the United Methodist standpoint, like, you know, you had a lot of people in the more left wing congregations, the ones that had like the rainbow flag, you know, you know, cascading down the walls of their churches on the inside and the outside. It's like, what what does it say about your own faith when you're willing to concede something which is doctrinal, which is in the fabric of your religion to score political points? It means that your religion truly is actually leftism with a cross or with a star of David. I hate to say it. Um, I, and I've written about this many, many times. Most Jews in the United States are leftists. Most Orthodox Jews that actually care about Judaism are conservatives. I mean, when I say, when I say most Jews, I mean most Jews that happen to be ethnic. I'm not talking about people who practice at all. They might, they're, they go to synagogue once a year on Yom Kippur and which is a fast day and they take a break for lunch, you know, that type of, uh, it's that type of thing. And then, you know, basically their synagogues are really kind of like more DNC meetings. And I'm actually not even being hyperbolic about that. (laughs) Like, I'm just kind of like, this is, this is very new to me because, you know, let's, let's be quite honest. Like, you know, Christianity, whether it's the nation state of Israel or just, you know, the, the Jewish people as a whole, like we might differ theologically on some religious aspects, but we tend to put you guys on a bit of a higher pedestal because of that. So, you know, the, like my inner Liberty University student that's crying right now is like, wait, you're telling me that everything is a hunky dory and great on the other side of the fence. 
Like it, it, it does kind of, it, it does kind of show that this isn't just an issue affecting Christianity. It's an issue affecting Judaism. I don't even know what the hell it's doing to Islam, but you know, they, they tend to have their own views when it comes to that stuff. It, it just comes back to this point that, you know, we're, we're, we're not just losing our religion. We're losing our own identity as a people. Nothing, you know, it's, it's like that Metallica song. Nothing else matters anymore. When we, when we think that this is extreme, like, my God, what do we consider moderate anymore? It's like Metallica fan. Oh my gosh. Like (laughs) I, I could throw out some, a few more Metallica quotes about this. Like, you know, when, when it was all, all lives matter and black lives matter, I was the person out there for t-shirt that said, no, nothing else matters. Like there are just some things that, you know, you could joke about, but this is one of those areas where it's like, you know, we have a increase in school shootings. If you believe that statistic, we have, you know, increase in rape and homicides in inner cities, like all, like everything. If you go at it from like the, the Fox or CNN or MSNBC, you know, ticker tape, like everything seems to be going to shit more often than it has in the past. And then we wonder why, you know, I don't necessarily want to say, oh, it was when you took prayers out of school. But I noticed that when we did do that. We weren't having a Columbine every couple of weeks. We weren't having this issue. And people sort of had it more ingrained in them that there was something more to life than themselves. And when you realize you have no purpose in life, you become depressed. You try to fill the void with anything you can find. And that's why leftists are always looking for a cause. That's how leftism becomes a religion. Because when you throw God out, you need something to fill that void. It's not that – you, the human condition cannot exist without a purpose. It's not possible. And that's why they always need a cause. That's why they always look for something to be pissed off about. What, what do you say for people that are on, on the more conservative Republican end of the spectrum that are saying this is going too far? Like, should, should it really like I, I think I, I like I, I can I don't even know what to say. Like, I just feel like this is very cut and dry and I'm trying to sound more like knowledgeable about this, at, you know, versus how I am. But like this, this is some basic shit. What I would say to that person is, why do you think it goes too far? And depending on the answer they give me, let's say they believe that rape and incest are exceptions that should be that should be granted for whatever reason. And I say, why is that life any less any less valuable? And a conservative is going to tell me no, because that's what they believe. And then they'll realize that, you know, it's a it's a dumb red herring. Oh, here, here's one. Here's one. This is a common argument I hear. And I mean, just God, this, this is the type of shit that we're dealing with. If you outlaw abortion, I'm sorry, I want to I speak it in my feminist voice. If you outlaw abortion, women will just go back to alleyways and use coat hangers. Oh, and if you outlaw murder, people will still. <laughs> That's the point of the law of having a law. I mean, of anything. I mean, like if you outlaw stealing, people will just rob banks in the night instead of just doing it during the day when anybody could see it. Like, where does this argument end? 
Exactly. And, you know, this is like, let's be let's be frank here, Frankel. Um, A majority of people listening to this episode right now probably agree with us on many things. And, you know, we're, we're probably preaching to the choir. But, you know, this is this is one of those areas where when this whole situation in Alabama happened and the president got involved and Pat Robertson, you have a bunch of these other Republicans that were like, I'm not that extreme. I'm like one of you. It's like. How, how do I put this? I, I'm really struggling this episode, folks. Like, you, you got to give me some credit. Like, this isn't the Genesis debate. Is the Earth million, billions of years old? Or are we a young Earth? Is it a few thousand years old? Was man literally raised from the ground up instantaneously? Or did we evolve? Like, we have those debates within the church. I know that Judaism has those debates as well. The thing is, like... They, they try and lump all these things. It's like, can we take scripture literally and everything else? Or should we take it symbolically? Like, honestly, I don't really care what people think about that stuff. I, I really don't. Because at the end of the day, whether you believe in evolution or Genesis, whether you believe in young Earth or billions years old Earth, or whether you take scripture literally or symbolically, like no one's going to die because of that. No one ever died because you said you believe in evolution. No one ever died because you said you want to take scripture figuratively. No one ever died because you said you believe the world is billions of years old. This is a fundamental issue. And if folks, if you're listening, if you think Jeremy and I sound extreme or radical about this, call me whatever you want, because at the end of the day, this is very basic shit. I don't know, Jeremy, fill it in, because I don't know what more I, yell at people I would about. just say, and I, I don't even mean this as an insult to anybody, but I would say, I dare you to look at an ultrasound and then look at me with a straight face and tell me that's a pimple or tell me that's a polyps or tell me that's just part of the body. I what? dare you, next time you see someone who's pregnant, ask, how's your body? When is your body due? How uh, how, how did you become pro-life? Because that, now I'm interested, knowing that we have kind of like the same evolution on this thing. How, where, 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 was your, where was your pivotal point? I was driving uh, – well, I, I was in my car – well, in my parents' car at the time. I was 10 years old, driving. And if you were driving at 10, kudos yeah. <laughs> to you. <laughs> that would be fun. See, the but, Jews are smarter and they're driving younger. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I got my license at 17 <laughs> in New York at the time. But um but yeah, um so we were we were driving and it was like near an abortion rally. I, I don't remember even if it was a pro-life rally or a pro-choice rally. It, it doesn't really matter. Um but I asked my mom like what is this about? What is an abortion? And then she told me what it was and then like I'm thinking to myself like I'm not really sure what their what's the contention here. And then like this and a little bit later, my um, my mother was pregnant with my sister. And like I'm thinking to myself, like, that's a life in there. I mean, like, that's like. Like if the people who are pro-abortion had their way. 
I, I wouldn't even be seeing this as anything exciting. I wouldn't be seeing this as anything remotely. What's the word I'm looking for here? Remotely valuable. I think that's the best way you can describe it because like, we we have we have distilled life like I, I hate it when people say life is precious life has no cost like go go to the go to the third world go to Africa where my dad spent fifteen months like human life like it it's worth nothing over there like people are murdered for like the most random stuff over there so I yeah like it's it, it's sad but that that's the truth. Like the one thing about America, at least for until very recently, and I think this is still like, you know, we could see the evolution of, you know, third wave feminism and sexual liberation, and everything like this is still relatively new. Like it was never a partisan thing. Like life is life. Life is life. And I, back then I wasn't even at all um, political. I mean, I was 10. But well, I you wasn't. were already driving, right? Exactly. <laughs> and randomly turning on the radio. I mean, I think my first time when I my first time actually driving, I was just like tuning in the radio. And like the first time I actually became political, I randomly was on um, Sean Hannity's show. I didn't even know who the guy was. I was just like, this was during the McCain Obama election. And I'm like, this guy's awesome. And then I just got hooked from there. This was uh, how old was I? At? Oh, I got my license at 17. But I, this was when, this was at um, no, this was at 17. Actually, this was before I turned 18. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I wasn't really, I mean, I was raised in a religious home, but I wasn't really practicing much myself. I mean, as a kid, it's kind of hard to be interested without your parents being there and doing, you know, sort of piquing your interest. Yeah. And and, it does anything on their own. And and you bring up something important, which is, you know, a lot of people, and this is where I kind of want to start wrapping things up. I think this is the perfect opportunity to talk about this. Like, yeah, for for a lot of people in the United States, like we got our political views from our parents. We did not choose our religion necessarily. And then you have some people that just go on life, you know, go onward with life into adulthood with kind of like these borrowed worldviews. It's like they have like, you know, it's like they're looking into the candy store, but they don't know what anything actually inside really tastes like. So they're susceptible to what everyone on the outside of it telling them what it's like. Like, you know, they're, they're going to believe it. Like, yeah. folks, if you don't really believe in your religion, you're not very religious. I'm sorry. That's going to sound like an insult to the people. They're like, oh, I'm Christian, but I've never picked up the Bible and uh, I concede all these points and I've never been to church. Like, I'm sorry. That's like me saying that I'm a surfer because I own a surfboard, but I've never actually surfed before. That's me saying I'm a vegan, even though I just killed a double quarter pounder earlier. Like, we, good way of putting it. Like, like I'm, uh, I'm a man of the people, Jeremy. I got to bring things down to the level where I can understand. But th- this is this is the world that we've come into. For people that are struggling when it comes to these issues, where they 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 are pro life, but they're afraid to talk about it. They they don't know the science behind it, but they know the basic argument that life is life. What's your message to those people as everything becomes more polarized and they're tired of getting yelled at at the office? They're tired of getting yelled at Thanksgiving and they're tired of getting yelled at online. Stick up for what you believe in. 
and people will respect you more for it. And if they don't, screw them because they're not worthy of you. Absolutely freaking true. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, being here as I struggled through to dumb things down as much as I could. If people want to check out everything you do on Twitter, uh, on thedailywire.com, everything Frankel, how could they do so? All right. I am on Twitter at Frankel Jeremy. I am tweeting a lot. So um, if you see the blue check mark, that's me. And I'm, yeah, I'm on there pretty often. Um, the Daily Wire, I actually had a piece out today. I write there around um, once a week, sometimes more. I also sometimes write at The Resurgent. That's Eric Erickson's website. Um, so, yeah, and you can find me on Facebook. I mean, feel free to friend me or find my uh, professional page, whatever it is. And, yeah, I'm around. Good stuff. Well, folks, um, you know, find me and Frankel and fight us to the death online at least there nobody will die when one of us loses and it won't be us anyway folks this is the remso martinez experience go ahead and follow me on twitter at remso 4 v-a-r-e-m-s-o-f-o-r-v-a follow me i'll follow you back indiscriminately and tune in next week folks good night